there. Keys um, just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, see if good things will happen for him. Yep, here we are. Just dishing at 83. Back with the boys. Hoods and Derek. Derek rocking a nice flannel on this dreary Buffalo day. It's cold Dude, shit out you here. look like you're ready to sell me some insurance. I don't know what to make of you. Um, you're just a gem. I don't know what else to say, but you both look great. How's the week going so far? It's been good. Been catching up from uh, Saturday's awful, awful doing. Derek, Derek's the only person that hates Saturdays. Yeah, I hate Saturdays. Saturdays are not not good. Uh, I've got friends actively texting me asking for my college picks to fade me. Um, <laughs> Derek, I'm not. I'm not, not gonna lie. In our group chat it's on Saturday, fun. I was literally sitting there watching a couple of those games. On I'm Friday. like, this can't go badly. It was, it oh went, no, they did. It they went did. so like the games went so the opposite of what you needed in crunch time in the fourth quarter. It's almost comical. Well, Toots, I think this is time for your favorite saying. (laughs) You're either hot or you're due, Derek, but you're never done. That's it. I'm definitely due, but when is that going to show? We'll see. We'll see. Got to ride the lightning, baby. We're betting responsibly. Hey, you'll never win win another bet if you don't place one. That's true. Cliches galore today. Um, I'll be just sticking it more to uh, more to uh, more to hockey because as soon I'm I'm off I'm off baseball for good after we signed off of uh, off last week, uh, and I'm also I got to stay away from the boosts. My God, uh, <laughs> see they see they sucker, they sucker you in with those two. Well, like, last I- last week's boost that was really bad was. Um, Bleacher Report did a either boosted on either end. Yes, first run in the uh, yes run in the first inning or no run in the first inning of it was the Mariners Astros game game one. But of course, in order to hit the bonus like the boost, uh, the minimum bet was fifty dollars. So I was like, all right, it is uh, nut up or shut up time here and. the Mariners put one, uh, put two on the board within uh, the first two batters, so that was pretty cool. Um, so that was dead in the dirt, and then Saturday was a bloodbath, and we've been catching up ever since. Somehow managed to be green after the Bills game on Sunday, and yesterday I did pretty well on hockey, but it's still been. I know we got some stuff to recap, but I, I got – before we – Baseball, it was always a backseat for us, but I, this is the only I'm baseball thing. Done. This is the only baseball thing I'm going to bring up because Toods is on, so I need to ask somebody. Yep. The Yank. We're recording this on Tuesday. The Yankees and the Guardians are currently playing right now. Yep. The game was supposed to be played Monday. There was a rain delay. They bumped it to today at four. The Yankees changed their starting pitcher that they were going to have as if the game was played yesterday. The Guardians chose not to. The Guardians chose to leave their Cy Young winner, Shane Bieber, on the bench, saving him for opening day, it seems like, as they're already down four to four one. Not, yeah. Oh, bottom four to one? The, bottom of the, it's four to one in the bottom of the fifth. All right. Uh, Yankees are at the plate, one out. What is it with you, with the baseball people? And we're And I had another one text me in a group chat about this game. The damage has been done. It's almost pointless to put them in now. What is that? You mean like, what, point, like you why? Mean like you're saying is, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you put in your best pitcher for this game? You know, I mean, I like you're talking about bringing him in in relief, or are you rewinding. Sorry, I, just, I, don't, just I agree. I agree. Why would three days rest now? I, at least. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of agree with why wouldn't you start the guy if he's if he's ultimately ready to go, I mean, the way that I look at it is these types of games, if it's a must win situation, you have to throw everybody. Even if he pitched your last game, if you get an extra day of rest in there and he says he's ready to go, if that's your horse, you got to let him go. 
And if he starts to get tired or fatigued in the third or fourth inning, that's fine. Bring somebody else in. But you got to put whoever your best guy is out there because it's a must-win game. You lose this game, like you said, Benny, you're going home until spring training next year. So there's no point in saving him. Yeah, I, I just I couldn't understand that. But I also I also think that baseball I, I love the game. I do. But baseball people tend to overthink things a lot of times. There's so many situations where it's you know, instead of just going with what seems like the obvious play, and I don't know, maybe maybe they talked to him and he was like, you know what? Right, right. My arm my arm isn't there, like I will hurt myself, and that's a whole other situation. And obviously Obviously. you don't you don't want to hurt a guy like that. Right. Um but if you didn't even have that conversation or if he came to the to the manager and said, Hey, I'm ready to go if you need me and they didn't put him in, like stop trying to outsmart yourself. Yeah. Like just just go with your guy. Like he's the one that got you here. You got to keep rolling. I couldn't agree more. They got to stop trying to be the NFL with these primetime games. They're thinking too much. Just keep it simple. If you, but um, I'll get into that later on. But they I just should wanted... actually, they should actually do a thing on Thursday night football since nobody likes to score points. They should actually give the offensive and defensive coordinators the night off. And they should do random drawings that fans can actually enter. And then they should just give you an Xbox or a PlayStation controller and let you pick the plays on your screen like that. And that should get relayed to the team and then call the plays that way. Because it can't get any worse than what we see in primetime anyway. So It's absolutely terrible. How many primetime games have the Broncos played? Three? I don't know. I, honestly, it's at least honestly, three. Honest to God, I don't even watch primetime football anymore. I just go to bed. Yeah, it's not. What am I? Why am I going to stay up until midnight on a weeknight to watch a twelve to nine football game between the Colts and the Broncos? I mean, a a degenerate, degenerate gamblers love that stuff. I like to gamble, but I don't. You put your bed bed in, you go to bed, and you wake up in the morning and hope your numbers hit. It's like playing the lottery. Yes. Sometimes it ain't that easy, but I will say that Colts Broncos game you just mentioned, very easy, extremely easy um, to just kind of bet it and forget it. Um, I don't know, man. I don't understand the NFL at all right now with how the teams are going. Um, the, the, and the biggest surprise has to be how terrible the Broncos are, right? I mean, Russell They're Wilson's awful. kind of a toolbox anyway, so but I don't, I don't know why. And I, like I said, I think it's at least three primetime games, right? Cause Monday night opening week, they just, they played the Thursday night game against the Colts and then they just played one or wait, no, do, no. Yeah, they had the I Sunday do. night game opening week, I believe one of them. And then they had the Colts game on Thursday night. And then last night they had the game with the chargers. I do think what's important to note, though, about the primetime games is it's and I think what a lot of fans don't realize when they complain about who's playing, especially right in Buffalo, where the majority of people obviously here are Bills fans. Um, But people over the years have complained like, oh, we have to watch, you know, the Cowboys aren't good and we got to watch them four times a year in primetime or whatever. And it's it's not about who's good. It's about who gets views now granted these games this year have stunk more than they have in the past which is why all of us are kind of fed up with it but anytime you put a team like the Broncos were supposed to be good this year but it's also the idea like okay Russell Wilson's on the team now like you know he always gets a lot of people that kind of follow him due to his time in Seattle or you know some of these other teams that get primetime spots the team stinks but they've got a lot of fans spread out across the country, so they're going to get the views. And like that's why they – Yeah, of Am- course. Amazon pays how many million every single week just to broadcast the Thursday night game for it to end with, what is it, seven field goals? Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Because they have been especially bad. And you remember throughout the past, there's always a few – a handful of primetime games a year. It's like, why is this one on? And it's just like – because to me it feels like – 
like if you take Saturday, because I mean we're going to talk about this past Saturday, a good amount in the show, I anticipate, because it is one of the most entertaining ones you get. I mean, for me sitting there at three thirty when I bet the over in the Tennessee Alabama game, you're welcome. I don't know if I gave that out on the show. Into the first, once the second quarter started, it was very obvious that that over was going to hit, and you can just sit back and enjoy one of the best college football games of the year. Um, so that's always fun. But it, to, to me, dude, it seems like the NC, the college football, how they put it on television and the broadcasting rights for all the wackiness that there is there with the deals with the networks and stuff, they just seem to get it right. On the big channels, you got – yes, it's the bigger schools – that bring the most viewers, but truth be told, the games are usually very good. They're very entertaining. I mean, college football, and this is, I know, an unpopular opinion in Buffalo because the state of New York doesn't really have like a big-time football team, so it's different than down south. Right. College football is a much more entertaining product than the NFL. Objectively speaking, if you're going to sit down and just watch a football game, there's there's no comparison to me. College football is so much more fun to watch if you're going to sit down for three hours than the NFL. The NFL, I'm going to say 80% of the time, is a snooze fest. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, you get a matchup that, you know, comes down, you know, even, some, even some of them that come down to the wire, right? Like like Steelers Bucks this weekend. Came down to the wire. The Steelers stopped the Bucks from tying the game after stopping a two-point conversion and then uh, held it off at the end of the game to, to win it by two, right? Yeah. It, unless you're a Steelers fan like myself, that was not an exciting game. If you weren't <laughs> a Steelers fan or a Bucks fan, you were probably sitting there being like, this is a snooze fest. And it, yeah. and it was, right? Well, and then also, I mean, you can also argue the same thing as like, I mean – just from basing off of Twitter's reactions, uh, went like how horrible the officiating was in that Bills oh, versus terrible. Chiefs game. I mean, literally, like Jones tripping Josh Allen. Twitter is blowing up of like it doesn't matter what side you're on. It's just awful to just watch that. Like, how can you just like how can you sit there and enjoy watching the football game when the officials are like not even calling the stuff right? You know, it's yeah, it's it's so the officiating has been so bad this year. It's not even funny. And also, like this was a stat that I was wanting to bring up from my friends and I were talking about it in our betting group chat last night. Um, Just how bad primetime games are um, this past year. They're so bad. Um, These stats are all from like last week. I got to pull up these. I love when Derek brings stats. These okay, so last so last week this was six days ago. So entering into so there's still a whole new week added onto it, but I don't think people have caught up on the stats of it yet. Um, six days ago, so before last week, and I'm pretty sure all of the unders hit on prime time this week again. Um, the unders were eleven and five going into this week. Uh, in prime time. Um, a tweet that my friend sent something uh, something about football feels off sluggish. That's because the first six weeks of fantasy scoring are the lowest in 13 years, down 22% from last year. We're seeing it in primetime games. There's a severe shortage of consistently high-powered offenses. Um, and then entering this entering this weekend unders for the whole season were 46, 32 and one at a 5.9 hit rate. That's insane. And division game unders were 20 and 7. 20 and 7. That's, yeah, that's that 22% on the fantasy points, too, is very telling. Now, yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's everything, a lot. Is, everything is down this year. So, like, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm going to test, I'm going to test the waters this week and I'm going to look at divisional matchups and primetime and I might just bet the unders all the way through this weekend and just see <laughs> how it rolls. Just yeah. because it's, I mean, it's been, been trending. Year, Washington, be... watch, watch college football because it's actually fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God the Bills are good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, geez, this I wouldn't watch any of this. Way. I wouldn't yeah. watch any of the NFL. No, it's, it's been pretty ugly. 
it's if I'm watching it now, it's like there's I I have you know nothing going on one or two. It's I'm waiting for the Bills to play. Yeah, I wish I could have caught more of that glorious Saturday because I actually didn't have anything going on on Saturday to watch football. But then I ended up going to the good old Sabers game. Yeah, it's which was. Good. Still a good one. I mean, that was a very, very good game by the boys for sure. Yeah, I mean, they come off a nice win in the home opener um, since we last did it. Uh, we haven't talked since the home opener. That was great to be in the building for that election. Benny, I, uh, I rode your Sabres minus uh, one and a half, like right before game time. Like right before game time. I took the I took the over six and a half right before game time and Craig Anderson, I feel like single handedly robbed me of money. Yeah. Uh, because there was at least the next four, night. <laughs> there was at least like four senators breakaways in that game where he just stood on his head and made a save like one on O and kept the Sabres in that game and pretty much single handedly won that game because I thought that as far as chances were concerned, um, Ottawa definitely had the upper hand there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Same with the game and, on Saturday. And it was wild too, right? Because my thought process going into that game was Cam Talbot's out for Ottawa. So you've got your number two goaltender in the, in the net and you've got a, you've got the oldest player in the NHL and Craig Anderson in the pipes but on the other side. Why would the overhead? But you would think you would think, but here we are. Um, here we are, baby. Yeah, it was it was a great game, though. And, <laughs> I mean, even like, um, just from just from the perspective of the opening night vibe in the arena. I know, you know, we were at opening night last year as well, and there was you could hear a pin drop in that place. I mean, I swear to God, there were tumbleweeds going around. The, I mean, Toots, uh, do you remember board. the guy? Do you remember the guy in front of us in the row in front of us? He's got the yep. the Buccaneers Eagles. Thursday night game up on his phone. Yeah. And he's, and we're watching, we were watching that a lot of the time. It's, it was so bad. And then this year, just, it's different. You could tell there's a different vibe in there. There's, there's a different, not an expectation of greatness, but there's a hope. There's a hope that fans haven't really had, right? Like every, everybody who's a fan goes into the season and they're like, oh, I think they're better this year or whatever. This year, you could tell that's legit. Fans are buying into what Kevin Adams is doing. You know they're they're buying into some of the real fans are back. The real fans are back in the stadium. I mean, on Saturday, I embraced a nice random high five after a goal when they tied it up, and I was like, I have not not had this one in a while. It's (laughs) a nice nice feeling when you can turn you know just to your left and the random dude next to you gives you a big ass high five. You know that was yeah, good good feeling. Well, Derek and the home. It's been it's been. been a long time actually it's been Benny, a how are you how are you liking the season tickets sir oh just just That's prime, prime. Where prime. He's prime. He's 115 wait what? what that's my were you not there on saturday no I, we didn't have tickets on saturday my uncle's season tickets are 115 also he's all the way against the wall all the way up. uh we're uh, we're down probably i think we're row 17 okay yeah, we're, I think we're we're, we're like mid upper. We're twenty two. I'll literally send you the picture once we get off of this. All right, like, <laughs> it's, a, it's probably the exact well, same we'll, view. We'll have so to be, see. We'll have to so Benny, line up that, which ones. Sorry, how does, that, how does that work? Is it a half season package? Yeah. Okay, so you get what? 20, 20 games. Twenty one, including the preseason game. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, it was I like that. That's a good amount of games to go to, right? Because. I mean, hockey, I still won't make them all, but yeah. no, but I mean, hockey, it's like 40, you, you buy season tickets to like hockey or baseball, you have 41 games or, you know, 81 games. Like that's just absurd. Yeah. Baseball, would it be insane? I don't know. How baseball, do if, if I'm in a, if I live, if base for baseball though, like if I live in like a city, like I think about it with like Cleveland, like. Cleveland's got a cool little downtown area. I'm sure there's a ton of other ones around the league, but like. I would go after work. Right. Like you just, you buzz yeah. out of there. You crush a couple drinks at the park in the summer. You're out in the sun chilling. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I don't care what's going on. I just want to hear the people who do care. Like you get the season ticket holder, got the, got the, um, the earbuds in so we can listen to the team's radio broadcast. That's you would five actually seconds ahead. have to be like filthy rich or just an absolute degenerate in order to like make all of baseballs. Like if you, to be a season ticket holder and make every game. 
Yeah. Just because no, of like the double headers and stuff that they do during the summer in the middle of the day and stuff like that. Yeah, Derek, we're where you are. The season we're to the left. We're on the other side of the aisle, but we're very oh, okay. close. Very yeah, that's, close. That's You're funny. super close to Maddie too. Really? Man, yeah, he's in one point. A high five after a goal. Yeah, I'm gonna have to run down the row. Run over. Yeah. Run down the row. Yeah, so excuse funny. me, excuse me. Got a high five, my boy. <laughs> um, he's right. He's right over there. Just, yeah, like, just like if you just let me get through, nah, I'll, you just, I'll get this just, over you know, with the true test of if Buffalo fans are back is you high five somebody in front of you or next to you, and then you point at Derek across the section. You're like, "Hey, pass this down." Yeah, and then see if everyone passes it all the way to Derek. <laughs> yeah. I like that. We'll have if to they test do, that out. If they do, the Sabers are gonna, Sabers Stanley Cup lock it in now. Uh, we'll have to test it out because i'm sure there's going to be at least a game or two that will be there well yeah uh, i know you're going to go to some but yeah my uncle is he lives in batavia actually but um i'm sorry so yeah whoa (laughs) whoa i go there like every week no it's funny because he actually he chose to live there he moved back from florida and Decided to move to sunny Batavia, New York. Batavia is so sneaky, dude. <laughs> so sneaky. Um, but yeah, uh, the the season's off to a good start. They played great against Ottawa. The first period, not very good, but they came out buzzing for the second and the third. The Sabers did. Um, Florida, they put up a good fight. They they went Just down, ran out of gas. Yeah, they killed yourself in the second period, taking six penalties. I mean, right can't do that and go and be down a goal in the third and expect to, you know, I mean, Florida just had to play lockdown in the third period. That's all it was. They didn't have to, they didn't have to work hard. Um, I will say uh, I'll give a lot of credit to Eric Comrie, who I thought was going to be an absolute dumpster fire uh, going into the season with uh, starting off seven, you know, starting off the season with seven, one right before uh, against uh Pittsburgh, but he held his own. Um, I, I thought that was thought that was pretty impressive. Um, and I don't know what's the trend with Buffalo and getting saves of the year against them, but it just keeps happening. Yeah, just keeps happening. Uh, it's ridiculous. <clears throat> saves of the year, goals of the year. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll be on the other side of those highlight reels sooner than later, eventually. Um, but yeah, good start to the season so far. For we the have Sabres. Sabres After Dark all week. We got the first edition of Sabres After Dark this week. Same thing as very last week, which is very weird. I don't understand. I don't like the West Coast trip right after you play two games kind of thing at home. I think yeah. it's weird. I think that's super weird. I think I well, I would I like when I was playing, this isn't even a fair fucking comparison, but it's the same sport, so I'll do it. <laughs> um when I was playing back in my day. Um, I loved a nice early quick, you know, get to Erie, get to Toronto for a tournament. Like you play a few games, you know, get on the road with the fellas, you know, do a little ding dong ditch, break someone's fucking finger playing knee hockey. Get, oh, yeah. get, I'm get sure, after I'm, it. I'm sure it boosts the morale. For yeah, the get involved a little room. bit there. Yeah, the road trip's nice for the for the vibes. So um, as a viewer, I tend to agree with you, Derek. Um for sure, because I like to watch. That's that's my you know Sabers. Luckily, all of the, the games luckily watch, all so. of the games are nine o'clock starts this week. Um, that's besides pretty the cool. Vancouver one, which is I think a ten o'clock start, but that's I think Friday or something. It's at least nine o'clock. Get a little starts, but. banged up, a little banged up by myself, just fucking sitting in the living just, room. Yeah, you too many sodas. Yeah. And big usually, smoking a big old I, bowl. I, I love love a good old love a good old late night slate too, because you know I'm rolling in from hopefully some overs hitting in the first few games, and then I got I got the late night, <laughs> late night slate coming in. So you're saying that West Coast hockey is your now new Hawaii? Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. Since the beginning, well, that's what I did. So, uh, girlfriend, uh, my girlfriend is a very uh, early early sleeper, and I am a late night person, so. Uh, I end up staying up late and just hammering fucking late night West Coast hockey, like uh, like L- L.A. Sharks or like L.A. L.A. Flames is like a just you know dr- dream come true on a on a Thursday night, you know. Yeah, just be all wake up, wake up in the morning. Hey, babe, we got to cancel our dinner reservations tomorrow <laughs> night. The, fl- the Flames blew it in the third. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I will say uh, that the Toronto Maple Leafs blew it in the third last night. Oh, they are. Really and I took and I and I bet on them live because it was like 
oh, Toronto's plus 290 in the second period is like, I mean, you have to throw some money on that. Even I mean, I, I enjoyed watching them lose and they hit the over for me, which was really nice. But um, actually, Arizona hit the over on a nice empty net goal. So. Is there anything better than an, having an over? Like, say the over's at six and a half in a Leafs game and they end up losing four to three. Is there anything better? No. There's not a lot better in hockey betting than that. Um, one thing I wanted to mention too, um, did you guys see the video of the abs giving Kadri's ring? Did no. you guys see that? Uh, it was an awesome video. I highly recommend looking that up, but, uh, for the, the first game there, uh, I think it was the Calgary's home opener. Actually, they played Colorado and, all the boys came in, like McKinnon leading the way with the box with Kadri's ring in it. And but dude, this they open the box up and it's got like a little screen and speaker and stuff, and it like plays a little highlight clip from the season or whatever from their run. But the ring was fucking massive. But um that was just a really cool moment before, you know, they're about to start the new season. McKinnon comes, brings him the ring, and you know, because Kadri obviously couldn't be there for the ceremony, but uh that was really cool. It was a cool video, and that ring is a smacker. I've seen, nice. the, I've seen the ring because I saw the video of uh, Colorado team getting them like at their facility or wherever they did it. Yeah. Um, but I thought you were about to say something like just hilarious happened or they like dropped the ring or something like that. I wish that would have been funny, but it was just a cool <laughs> hockey moment with all the bullshit Kadri dealt with during the playoffs, you know, breaking his thumb, you know, having – in all-star season and then, you know, struggling in the free agency, you know, not getting the deal, taking a while to get the deal he thought he deserved. And, you know, I think he, he did deserve to get paid, never really had his big payday. You know, obviously all the bullshit going on, um, you know, during the playoffs too with uh, what series was that when he was at the Edmonton? St. Louis. St. Louis. Yeah. When he ran, ran the goalie and all that other shit. Um but, yeah, so that, that was just cool to see. I mean, seeing guys that moment when they get that ring, because that's, like, what it was – that's the dream, dude. It's, like, the ring's, like, the confirmation of what you did. Like, obviously hoisting the cup and everything, but when you get that ring, that's, like, the – I feel like it would be, like, the nail in the coffin almost. Like, we fucking did this. We won the cup. Here's the ring, bitch. Do you think it's really awkward in any sport for the guy who gets the ring – but is no longer on the team for whatever reason, right? Whether it be free agency, trade, whatever the case may be. Do you think that's – like, is that awkward? I don't think so. They had the, – the abs got Jack Johnson to come over and take the picture with the team in his Blackhawks uniform when they did the banner. I think he probably used to be worse than it is now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, past generations, it was probably like, oh, Bobby, here's your ring. Now get the fuck out of here. You're on the Flyers now or something. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I feel like guys don't really – it's very rare, it seems like, that guys actually hate each other like that in today's game. It, they, they're, well, I feel a, like they're better at, put, at taking it out. Like, once the game's over, it's over until the next game kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I think there's just a better understanding now that there's, like, a more level playing field in terms of money and stuff, whereas, like, back in the day, there was a lot of guys that were still just, like, obviously playing – like professional just because of the love of it like you can't tell me that 90 percent of those guys out there are doing it for they do it for the love of it but also for how much money they're being paid 100 oh i mean yeah. yeah definitely but like and there's and i think there's just a better mutual understanding of that hey we're all just trying to make money and playing professional sports and it's like what does it like what does it actually do like taking that home with you like it literally does nothing we get paid the same amount of money at the end of the day whether like i get pissed off you know whether i want to fight you know street fight you afterwards basically it's like so what's what's the point of like trying to take it home with you you're literally only causing more stress for yourself and you could end up costing yourself more money because you're just mad at a guy. You know, you might take anger out on him. You know, the next next game. I do. Or something I do like think that. though, some people long suspension, injury. Yeah, but some people probably it's probably a lot like, and this is probably a horrible analogy, but <laughs> just you just like your your normal like people like myself, right? That work a normal nine to five. There are people who can leave the office 
and shut it down and go home and spend time with their family and not stress out about work because they realize that, hey, that shit's still going to be there on Monday and I've only got so much time to enjoy, you know, with my friends and family. There's other people that have a really hard time just flipping that switch. And when they leave work, they never really stop for whatever reason. And I feel like it's probably the same in pro sports, right? There's probably a, a portion of guys who are very much, you know, that game ends, they go home and I don't have to worry about being a hockey player right now, or I don't have to worry about being an NFL player right now, but there's other guys that I'm sure, and it probably eats them up, but they cannot turn that off. And maybe that's the difference between a good player and a great player, but I'm sure it's very similar in the sense that some people just, they can't leave that shit at the rink or on the field. Interesting takes, boys. I love both no, I of those. Think that's, no, I think that's that's really good. But you two fucking and, and I wonder. That. But I wonder. It's it's probably. But you also have to keep in consideration too. Like obviously, like coaching staff is different. Like there's probably a handful of that statistic. Like obviously they're making a decent amount of money. But like it's funny because like there's such a weird spectrum in like professional sports whereas like the athletes like they really don't have a worry in the world i mean like yeah you have to worry and like you have to worry about your performance and stuff but like you've already made it you've got that benchmark that you're you know you're a professional athlete and stuff whereas like a coach or a staff member that's their full-time job and like they're not making any you know crazy amounts of money so like they might end up having to take it home with them kind of thing where like you would think that a guy with a multi-million dollar payroll would be the one that would be stressing out more about like well, what's going it, on. You know, I think they are. I think it just depends on the type of player. Right. And True. it depends on, and it depends on where you're at in your career. So if you are, if I, I don't know. So if you're, if you're Connor McDavid, right. You're not, when you leave the rink, like you're not in any jeopardy, right? You could go two games and not score a point, which I don't know if that ever happens with him. (laughs) But if you go two games and you don't get a point, you're not stressing about it because you know that's going to come and nobody's benching you or cutting you because of it. If you're that guy that's kind of fighting for a spot, right? If you're a, if you're a Jace Howard, like, or you're a Portorowski where you're, you know, an incredibly talented hockey player. But when you get to that level, you have to fight and grind for every opportunity that you can get in an NHL lineup. You probably are stressing about it a little bit. You are probably taking that shit home because, you know, if you get that opportunity to get into an NHL game for a two to three game span and you don't get any points or you're not producing right away, you're done. You're going back down to the AHL. And I'm sure that it's different on that sort of spectrum as well, depending on, you know, who you are, right? Are you a really solid pro hockey player that's, you know, maybe on the, on the cusp of getting some looks, but could get sent back down? Or are you the guy that, you know, you've been the phenom since you were 16. So there's no other place for them to put you except the NHL roster, even if you've gone 10 games without a point. I do want to say just because I was checking, just won't, just very curious. Our uh, friend friend of the program, Andrew Podorowski, is uh, two games in, goal and an assist, and a plus four. Yeah, so you can sleep all right tonight. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean that's and that's the thing is you you love to see that, and I mean those are the kind of guys you want to root for, right? I think because you know that's your that's your uh, your bring your lunch pail to work guy that's just gonna you know, grind it out and, and fight for every opportunity. So, you know, hats off to him. Um, oh yeah. Great, great start. And you knew, you knew new, new organization and in a new organization too. And, and I want to say too, you knew it's coming. Cause if you look at what that guy has done over his pro hockey career, just on a consistent basis, being able to, to put up points and produce, you knew it was only a matter of time, you know, when he got that opportunity at the next level, someone that's someone that's that talented at creating offense and scoring points, you know, that doesn't go away when you go up to the next level. Yeah. Couldn't agree more boys. Love it. Um, real quick. One last hockey thing before 
I want to chat real quick, see where Derek's at with the Bills before we get into the college stuff and the picks. Tudor, are you nervous that the Flyers are going to be good? Torts has them buzzing. Oh, my God. Buddy. They, Carter, Carter Hart might give up six to my beer league team. <laughs> and I'm not even talking about the good one that I'm on with you guys, where you guys you know, carry me around on your backs every week. <laughs> oh, come on. Um, not this year. Mr. Mr. Ice had uh, – he did his top 20 already, and he said uh, – he had I, I was very shocked to see the Flyers up up in like I think they were like fourteen or something like that. Well they're undefeated, so I mean I get yeah. this early I kinda get why he's throwing it in there. Stir the pot the a little bit, like Mr. Ice does. The thing with the Flyers last year is I, I will say they were not as bad as their record was. They had some injury issues to some some key players and things like that, which hey, that's part of the game, right? That's like Crystalina. Well, yeah, I mean, stud, right? Hey, Norris, Norris candidate, I would think, this year. Um, Based on that contract. But, uh, no, I, I – look, it's not an excuse, right? Injuries happen in every sport, and that's – you have to deal right. with them, right? Next man up. But that certainly didn't help them last year. Um, I think a guy like Torts definitely helps to elevate them with the discipline that he brings and – you see it all the time, right? Coaches change if players get kind of a new fire under them that maybe they respond to a newer guy differently uh, than they did their previous coach. So we'll see um, that there's I'm, I'm we'll never gonna, I'm never gonna not hate the Flyers. So no, I know. I just thought it was I thought it was something worth bringing up to. It's always always interesting to see where you're at with them. I'll be I'm not a I'll Flyers guy this weekend too. So if I uh, you know. If you see me in the news, I might have tried to fight somebody in a traffic cone-looking jersey in front of the Liberty Bell. (laughs) With that, real quick, Derek, the Bills knock off the Chiefs. Just a quick pulse check. How are you feeling as of right now? Um, I was dead inside until that fourth quarter, just about. Um, It was a really bad game up until about the second half. I mean, we hang, hung with them. I didn't think eight, I didn't think either side of the ball was very good. There was a lot of mistakes. I thought it was very sloppy on either sides of the ball. Um, that mm-hmm. first half, second half was much better. Um, yeah, I thought I was gonna, my heart was gonna fucking explode at the end there. Um, another just like incredible. I mean, it's just it's good to see. It's a, another incredibly smart win by McDermott. Um, you know, you just you, – you played it out. You gave no chances to them. I thought they did that in the Ravens game also. I, I think he's finally – it's it, he's finally coming around to being that, like, very yeah. po- that very poised head coach. And, like and, – and I think that's the difference maker of a head coach, like an Andy Reid, is they know how to take those situations and handle them perfectly. Like, anyone can coach that situation. Everyone's coached a two-minute drill before – you know, a, a two-minute offense before. It's like, but making the decisions of when to take those timeouts and when to kneel it and when to go for it kind of thing. I think that's, you know, you're finally starting to see McDermott step into his role as like a very elite, you know, head coach in the NFL. And I think he's getting that comfort, getting that learning Mm -hmm. experience because you got to fuck up. Well, and also it's just knowing, you know, trusting your team. And I, I think he's, gotten to a point where he can finally trust his guys and he knows that those guys are going to you know go out there and do the job that they that they're you know that he's brought them on the team and kept them around for and brought some guys back for too you know it's not like he you know some guys have walked and come back under his regime now and those guys flourish under his you know under his direction so i i thought josh jordan phillips shack lawson yeah yeah um and i I don't know how there's anyone in in the NFL saying that Josh Allen isn't the MVP of the league right now. I mean, guys, yeah, got the biggest yeah. nuts in the league. I think it's fucking insane. Surprised he's still jumping over people. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'd be that's smacking insane. him on the visor. That'd, that'd get that start getting painful after a while. I, I, it's insane. He just like keeps doing it. He keeps doing it in can and in Kansas City too. Yeah. So, like it's not like he's doing it to like Jacksonville. You know, like I mean, he's like going into one of the biggest stadiums, one of the loudest stadiums, and doing it right in front of all of those fans. It's just. Guy's incredible. Yeah. He handles it very well. I think it was just a, it was a very good overall win. And 
it finally sets us up. Like, I mean, obviously there's still a lot to go and we did the exact same thing last year, but you, you control your own destiny. Yeah. You got that feeling of control a little bit. Whereas and, you didn't and, have and, it but arguably, I think you're sitting even more pretty than last year with Kansas city. Kansas city's not as much of a juggernaut this year. Um, they've already there's dropped that, a couple. The, they the don't Tyree even, Hill they don't thing. even look good this year. Well, it's yeah. the Tyreek Hill effect that I'm kind of seeing because when you before lost, you lost Matthew on the on the defensive yeah. side, which was a huge part of their defense. But for Tyreek Hill, really quick though, it's like I don't remember. I'm not a huge X's and O's guy strategy. Like I'm very very basic with football, mm-hmm. but they people they've been the Chiefs have been seeing man to man defense a lot. Like yep, you wouldn't all do, you have that. To do is lock down Travis Kelsey over the center. Yeah. You just have to figure out which ride wide receiver he's going to go to that day. You know what? You the know other what day it was know. Juju Smith Schuster. He hasn't scored a touchdown all fucking season. You know what I mean? What made yeah. no sense to me in that game is you had the Chiefs defense played pretty decent, especially in the first half. Not really in the second half. But I feel like it was just decision-making, too, because those two touchdowns were essentially just man-to-man coverage, one on Davis, one on Diggs, and it was just a go-route, lob the ball up, and kind of go get it type of situation. Uh, the Diggs and it was could like have been an easy interception. Eh? What, what didn't make sense to you? Yeah, it could have been. But, like, you have this, like, fourth-round like rookie – one-on-one coverage against these guys with no help over the top and then gets burned for the touchdown. It's like, as a defensive coordinator, what is going through your mind there? I just don't understand it. I mean, hey, if you're yeah. if you're a Bill, if you're the Bills or you're a Bills fan, like you take that all day long, right? It's funny it's just, because the exact same thing happened in the AFC Championship. Literally, and that's what and that's what I don't get is like beat how, them over the top four how, times. How are you in that situation? You know what they like to do like you've seen enough game tape on these guys and it's like you're gonna put this this rookie who hasn't really done anything out there one-on-one against these two receivers to just get torched like um, the only I, I mean and and the third touchdown against Knox that was that was man-to-man also there was only one guy covering him yeah, yeah. Just, I, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me because I think that those receivers are good enough where in man to man coverage, unless you have a true lockdown guy, like it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me why you would do that. The last thing I will say is that the Buffalo Bills have been hurting. We've got a bye week. We couldn't have had a better t- place timed bye week, and we get and, and as if our defense wasn't already scary. We get a one Tre'Davious White back at, mm. after the break. And that'll um, be interesting to see how he comes back. Right. I don't think they're not going to push him. They're going to, they're just going to, I mean, they, have I just, a, I just mean overall, run. right. Cause I, I think guys with ACLs, I think one of two things happens. Well, and you I think see, that's why he's been shut down for so long too. Right. But you see a guy like Adrian Peterson who actually came back relatively quickly and was dominant after it. But then you see other guys who, uh, who come back and just aren't the same player. Yeah, it's a tough especially, injury. Especially, too, at certain positions, right? I know that, the, um, you know, a couple different guys who are linebackers have had some issues coming back or things like that. But when you're when you're a corner and a lot of your a lot of your role, right, is you're pivoting, you're turning, you're changing direction really quickly because you have to react to the receiver in front of you. Be interesting to see how that holds up. I mean, I hope obviously for for his health it, it goes well. Uh, but just interested to kind of keep an eye on because of how good he was before the injury, you know, if he comes back and it looks like nothing's changed or if maybe, you know, you can kind of tell that something's a little different. Yeah, we'll definitely see. Uh, Cause I still, boys miss him. I still don't think that, the, I, I mean, there's no reason to push him. You've no, not at all. Yeah. You've, you've already, you, you've arguably made it. I mean, there's still some tough opponents. Like, I mean, Green Bay, you know, Sunday night football is not going to be easy, but you're at least at home. But you've I made mean, it through. They, you've made it through stink. your. They stink. I, 
I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's. They got their receivers from Amherst High School. I don't yeah, even understand. Yeah, no, their offense is going to be bad. But, I mean, you, your hardest part of the season, your circled date of the season has passed you. You just got to you got, you got to ride the wave. Stay home. focused. Stay yeah. focused. Take down and take down your division. That's it. You know, that's all you got to do at the end of the day. So, I mean, I think we're looking, we're looking really good. Um, and uh, the New York Jets are scary good. Also, started <laughs> like, starting to make your because their defense yes. has not been good either. <laughs> the match, so far. The matchup that I want to see, dead ass, is Josh Allen versus Sauce Gardner. Mm. I know he's a, a rookie, but that Sauce kit, he looks good. Yeah, he looks good. Yeah, putting the cheese head on in Lambo. That's just I love that. That's what you need. I, they're that rookie, that rookie running back, Breezy Hall, is pretty solid too. Can we can we actually talk about one more? He reminds football me of Le'Veon Bell, that Brees Hall. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about one more football thing? Go for yeah, it. go ahead. I mean, your Steelers beat the Bra- beat Brady in the box. Well, I don't. Probably. I don't want to talk about that, that game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. What? What? I. <laughs> I just want to. What? It, it was in the Bills and Chiefs game, and I forget who it was or what the context is. But can we, in professional sports, not throw a flag for taunting? Because, good God, you're a professional athlete. Sportsmanship doesn't fucking matter. This isn't little league. Uh, it was against. It was against the Chiefs. Uh, um, it was. It was Juju Smith-Schuster. Go figure. Okay, first of all, <laughs> my my boy. Uh, first of all, but no, I think it's the only like, guy Twitter like, follows on TikTok. The only no, I don't. Even, <laughs> I, I have an open, I forgot I had that app on my phone. Um, but uh, no, it's just, it, it drives me nuts because one, it's a stupid penalty to take because you just cost your team 15 yards for, for nothing. But two, I just look at it. It's like, if you want to, if you want to tell high school kids to not do that, whatever, this is pro football. If you don't want a guy to flex in your mouth after he makes a catch on you. Or if you don't want Josh Allen to come up and give you a hip thrust after he just grazed his nuts on the top of your helmet for a first down, don't let him do it. You're a professional (laughs) athlete. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know if you're Josh Allen and you run down the sideline and you hurdle a guy and you get a first down in the fourth quarter to, is part of a game winning drive. You should be able to walk over to the other sideline and flip him off. See, who cares? Yeah, like some of the taunts, some of the taunts, some of the shit that they do really annoys me. I'm not ashamed to say that some of the stuff is so dumb and so annoying and just wastes more time. But also, what wastes time is throwing a flag for it and having to. I I agree. Tell the crowd with your mic that never fucking works. I agree with a lot of it, Donnie. I just think it's ridiculous to have a quote-unquote unsportsmanlike conduct in professional sports. Like these aren't these aren't little leaguers. You're a pro athlete. You don't like somebody running up the score on you or taunting you. Do something about it. Play better. Yeah. Swing a helmet at somebody. Go, Miles Garrett. Whatever you want. Yeah. I bet Um, if someone taunts you and you swing a helmet at them, they won't taunt you again. This is true. Um. Yeah, so I mean, it's all interesting stuff. I want to make sure we have time to get to these picks really quick. Um, so there's some there's some interesting stuff on the slate. It's not nearly as good as last week, in my opinion. Um, hard to top last week. I mean, the USC Utah game right after the Tennessee Alabama one. I mean, that's just that's what Saturday's all about in the college football season. That was awesome. Um, winning side for both of those two. Um, so that was great for me. Uh, Tudes, you want to recap last week really quickly, and um, we'll get into reading off these picks because I, I prepped for reading my picks. I know exactly what I'm going to say because I had a feeling we'd be tight this week, so I'm I ready. Will, yeah, I will fly through the uh, the recap here. So um, let's see. I'll start with Derek. Um, Bad. Derek had. Uh, Texas minus 16 against Ohio, Iowa State. Sorry. Um, Texas did not cover. They won in a tight one, but did not cover. That's kind of been Iowa State's MO there, unfortunately. Um, Tulane, USF. He had Tulane minus 12. Did get the W in that game. Thank God. Tulane in the top 25 now. Florida State and Clemson. 
Derek had Florida State plus three and a half, took the L on that one um, against Clemson. Uh, and then uh, was Tampa Bay and the Rangers, Derek, was that on the show last week? That was on the show. So was... Tampa Bay and the Rangers for opening night of the NHL. It was a hasty was pick. On Tampa Moneyline. That, that was a hasty pick. Did not did not work out for him. Overall, Derek with a one and three week, um, bringing the record to five, 16, and one. Um, looking to looking to rebound this week. You lost a, a couple heartbreakers that weren't on your slate, but we'll get to those when I when I talk about mine here. Um, Benny will do the old uh, the recap for Benny here. So he had Minnesota Illinois over thirty nine and a half that cashed. He had USC plus three and a half as did I. Big W there, um, Derek. Sorry about that with your Utes. Um, and then, uh, TCU, Oklahoma state, TCU minus three and a half. Benny, I told you, I told you Oklahoma state was going to win by three. Didn't I? (laughs) I told you, or, uh, TCU is going to win by three. I told you. Yeah. Um, and it happened, but, uh, yeah, TCU minus three and a half did lose. I was on the other end of that with, um, Oklahoma state plus four, and got the W. I also had Clemson minus three and a half uh, and a win. USC plus three and a half and a win. Three and zero oh on my slate last week with those three picks. The USC game was an absolute thriller. Derek was texting us during that one. We were both on opposite sides, and I snuck out the. Uh, so I had two games last week: Oklahoma State plus four, USC plus three and a half. Both teams lost and covered within that margin. And that's just, folks, that's just what you live for as a gambler. I'm not even going to lie. I, I'm ecstatic that that happened. Good um, teams win. Great teams great cover. Great teams cover. Um, so enough about last week. We'll jump right into this week. New slate. Benny, I don't know how you want to do this. If you want me to lead off, you want you to lead off. I'll go. I can go first. I'll set the tone. Ryan set the tone, Malone. Um, I got four this week. First pick's going to be Kansas plus eight against Baylor. Um, they are on the road at Baylor. I don't understand why Baylor gets the respect they do against what I deem to be good teams. Um, I'm getting over a touchdown in this game with Kansas. Kansas has been on fire. They are a great team against the spread. They are 6-0-1, so you could say they are undefeated with that push, So, which they are. Uh, 6-0-1 against the spread. Um, Baylor's record reflects that they are 500 team three and three overall three and three against the spread. Give me Kansas with the touchdown with over a touchdown on the road, uh, at Baylor. The second one is going to be Kansas state plus three and a half fucking TCU is who they're playing. So this is an automatic, this is an easy one for me for bet. Does it hit every time? No, but logic and history would tell you teams coming off big wins in the college football realm um you fade them the next week that was dramatic that was um and especially they didn't cover so whatever tcu ballsy win though i respect it but god damn it you didn't cover so we're gonna fade the the horn frogs here kansas state plus three and a half i like that team they've been pretty consistent so far this year um i actually wanted to include where that game was and i forgot to write it down Benny, um, yeah that's at tcu I'm just so, looking at your picks the last couple of weeks. You might be addicted to betting on college football teams from the state of Kansas. I might be. There's just something about it this year. Because <laughs> um, I did – I had them both last week too, I remember. Or it was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. ago. Two weeks ago. Um, the next one, this is another layup. Uh, Alabama at Thank home minus, minus 21. It's You bet this. You, you don't get rich betting against Nick Saban. Um, the tied are four and three against the spread. Mississippi State four two and one, but a bounce back spot for the Crimson Tide. Nick Saban's going to have them buzzing back at home. They to get the home fans to juice them up. Lock it in now because that's going to move up. I can almost guarantee you. Um, if it doesn't hammer, if it goes anywhere below twenty one, just keep hammering it. I love it all the way up to twenty one. Um, bounce back spot for Bama, and since two thousand and twenty, Alabama is two and twelve and thirteen. That's right, 12 and 3. Jesus, I can't talk. The Crimson <laughs> Tide since 2020 are 12 and 3 against the spread at home. So, ben, bounce back. You want a better stat for that right now? Yeah, give it to me. 
So I'm also on Alabama minus 21. Mm. Alabama, uh, in each of their la- after each of their last two regular season losses, that was 2021 and 2019. Mm-hmm. Ironically, after both of those games, they've played Mississippi State, who they are playing this weekend. They won those games by a combined 87 to 16. Love that. Love that. So there you go, folks. <laughs> I just lied. I, I, yeah, I did not take that on my sheet this week, um, but I just locked that one in just to make sh- sure that we don't. It's, it's at, at this point, because of that, because it's Nick Saban's Alabama team after a loss and adding in that state against Mississippi, I don't care that it's three touchdowns. As Benny said, you hammer it. It's a system play at this point. System play. And um, the next one, uh, my last pick, this one I am reaching a little bit, but you could argue not. We are looking at the 8 p.m. slot. We got the Colorado Buffaloes at Oregon State Beavers. Oregon State, been a bit of a surprise this year in a good way. They are 5-2, and two, and they're also 5-2 and two against the spread. Colorado stinks. They are 1-5 against the spread, 1-5 total record, which would tell you they have covered one time. And we'll go back to it. I got one more stat for this. The Beavers have covered their last nine in a row at home. And give, give me that. Give me the 24. I mean, that's a decent football number at home against the team. Make a statement. They've had some rough games. Um you know, that they were in and they just couldn't, you know, couldn't get across the finish line there. So give me the Oregon State minus 24 at home against Colorado. And that is my card. Love it. Yeah. I, um, Derek, you want to go? Yeah, I might as well. Yeah, Tudes, I uh, just put mine in while we were waiting. So we're all good on, on mine. Uh, we're going with a light slate, uh, hoping for a bounce back after last week. Um. Went heavy last week. Uh, we're going to keep it simple. Uh, UCLA, Oregon, uh, UCLA plus six on that. Going to be telling you, Benny, on that. Um, UCLA has been a monster with the spread. They've also been a monster. I'm on. I'm on Oregon State, by the way. Oh, you're on oh. Oregon State. Sorry, my yeah, bad. Sorry. Or sorry, Tudor. Sorry, I was looking at Tudor's yep. picks. My bad. Sorry. Yep. Um. Yeah, UCLA. Uh, they just have been really good. I think they're on the road. I'm pretty sure. They are. Um, yep. They've been really good on the road, um, and they've been sneaky covering uh, a lot of the games. Uh, we're gonna go back. I uh, got to go back uh, with the team that gave me the luck last week. Uh, we're gonna take Tulane minus seven against Memphis. Um, yeah. You know the top twenty-five. Uh, they're at home. Uh, I, I, I mean, I had nothing going for me last week. This is kind of almost just a ride play of that. They are, they're also very good against the spread. I think they've only lost one game against the spread. Um, so a minus seven is not too bad. Um, they covered, you know, minus 11 last week or minus 12 last week. So um, obviously Memphis is a little bit better, but, you know, I just like them at home. And then the last one, uh, we got UCF and East Carolina. Going to be taking UCF at minus five. Um, kind of not a uh, kind of a reach team that I normally don't bet on, obviously, but um, just going for a good team, you know, uh, against the spread. UCF is doing all right. Um, if I can find them, what their actual spread stats are right now, but yeah, just. Keeping it real light this week. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, hoping for a bounce back uh, after a couple rough weeks. Love yeah. it. Yeah, Derek, I, I like that. Um, also on UCLA plus six over here. Mainly, just you know, I look at those two teams. They're ranked ninth and tenth in the country. Oregon's at home. I just think looking at who UCLA has played and who they've beat. I think UCLA has a little bit more impressive of a resume to me to this point in the season. I think they've played some tougher opponents and kind of proven that they can, you know, play some big games where Oregon got their doors blown off week one by Georgia. And then, you know, since then they've been winning, but I mean, really haven't been beating too many people. And um, frankly, I don't want to put my hard earned money on Bo Nix. Uh, I might even get crazy. I mean, this won't be a, a, a podcast pick, but I might get crazy and do, I mean, cause the value for UCLA money line is like plus plus one ninety two right now, which is yeah. really not bad. Uh, no. not at all. Um, 
also Alabama minus 21. That was one that I like, it wasn't one of my original three picks, but I just, I was looking at it. I was like, ah, Alabama after a loss. And then the more I looked into it and I saw some of the stats, I was like, I, I'd be stupid not to take it. So I'm going to do it just because, um, Next pick, I've got uh, actually on the opposite side of Benny here. I got TCU <laughs> minus three and a half. Uh, they they had the same line last week and they won by three, so I'm taking a chance here. Uh, but I did like what I see I saw out of TCU last week, and I just think that they beat a better opponent by three last week. Um, so that was kind of my reasoning there. Um, and I don't really love this slate, so I was honestly just struggling to find picks to to roll with um and then my last pick this one i think i like a lot but it could backfire on me um so we'll see how i'm feeling at about 10 30 on saturday night but (laughs) penn state minus five over minnesota penn state got the shit kicked out of them last you're damn right they did they got the absolute break speed off of them yeah right you know what Michigan, as much as I hate to say it, they might not be frauds. Uh, Tudor, um, do you know that Michigan is 14-6 and six against the spread in their last 20? Yeah, they might not be frauds, even though I like to say I they did, are. and um, they were they were an off, off podcast pick for me. They have yeah. been most of the time, uh, especially the game. I, I, it's, uh, I, I just got to trust them and throw yeah. them into my pod. I was, if they were, they, they're not playing this week. Uh, it's bye week for them. But if they were on, I was going to take them no matter what they were, because every time that I bet them off the podcast, they end up doing well and they absolutely blow the tires off of whatever team they're playing. Uh, I think I thought last week was going to be a very tough game against Penn state. And they, had no problems i think that being said though penn state being back at home this week against a much lesser opponent than michigan i think this is a really big bounce back spot for what i still think is a decent nittany lions team um i you know coming into the season i i liked penn state i didn't think they were college football bound playoff bound i didn't think they were going to win the big 10 championship but i think they're a decent football team and to come back at home after losing to one of your rivals in that fashion, I think they're going to come back looking for something to prove. And that's why I went with the minus five. So I'm just hoping for a pissed off Penn state team to go in there and and beat up on the Gophers a little bit this week. Um, So those are, those are the four picks that I I put in. I submitted them all today at the lines that I gave. I submitted Uh, also same lines. I did that this week too. And I also put all four of my picks in a sprinkle parlay to see if we can get real frisky. Wow. I I flirted with the idea of buying a half a point down on TCU to get to three. Mm. Um, But I ended up not doing it because I think the line actually opened at like four and a half. So. Uh, before we go, I will s- want to say one more gambling thing. Uh, last night on DraftKings Sportsbook, there was absolute fucking highway robbery. Um, <laughs> if anyone wants to go take a look, the Twitter comments are an absolute buzz. A um, lot of people going to be switching sportsbooks last night. They boosted Justin Herbert to throw a touchdown from minus 800 to plus 100 last night. Um, average people were probably a lot of Twitter comments were saying average max bet was $25. You imagine everyone hammered it. Uh, they probably, someone did a rough math of like how many users they have. Um, they probably got away with like probably 50, you know, a good $50 million made off of that or something or $500,000 made off of that. And they, their apology today. Um, I didn't think that they were going to refund bets. I just thought that they were going to give a nice super boost for the Thursday night game, possibly like uh, either either quarterback to throw a touchdown. Yes, uh, their super boost uh, is uh, <laughs> Kevin Durant tomorrow, uh, 20 plus points uh, boosted from minus 1000 to plus 100. And uh, I will let you know that my friend sent a tweet from kevin durant last year tweeting about how he purposely busts parlays Um, (laughs) so uh not feeling very confident against that still going to take it just because like i mean you have to for those odds but like 
This is where they get you, that's Derek. Just a fucking, that's a fucking... That's, that's you're a not, nightmare. You, hang on. You're not legally obligated to bet the boost. I know, but for <laughs> a minus one can I, power, can I just ask, like, why are people mad at the sports book and not Justin Herbert for not throwing a touchdown? Because like Justin how, Herbert threw a touchdown in 36 of 37 games, yeah, but, and then they but put how a is super that, boost how is on that the sports it. I will say I, I haven't been following it as closely as some people, but I was reading in some of the Twitter comments that uh, DraftKings is notorious with – uh, like basically just you could lay some stuff out of like boosts they've done that have missed their boosts. Yeah, they, and, they, yeah. And, and, and I saw that tweet doing it's their like super boosts, not even just their regular boosts. It's when you line them up boost. together. It's like it's weird, but it's like what would be going on. So, so is, is your the other is side your of it? Th- is your thought process that DraftKings called Justin Herbert and no. said, "Hey, don't throw no, it I don't like I guess that's why that. I don't understand. No, I don't think that. The, it's just it's like. It's just annoying when they ham, you know, they really hammer that. That just means to that you. their their stats guys are really fucking good. But the but at the same time, I also don't like that the follow up tweet to the KD tweet today for the super boost was they're offering a fifty percent parlay or sorry a fifty percent boost on any NBA NBA pick today and tomorrow. So their response to their own tweet was, if you use the fifty percent boost on uh, what is it on Durant uh, under 20 points you can get it to like plus 138 or something like that with the 50 percent so they were like basically just saying like hedge yourself pretty much so I don't know they're a business man it's, no, a, bi- I know. it's a business I know. it's a business and ultimately like whatever I just can't wait for the day that Roger Goodell walks off stage at his retirement and pulls off a mask and it's really Vince McMahon and the whole thing is scripted. Would love that. That'd be, that'd make me feel so much better. Yeah. Honestly, (laughs) about all the bets I've lost. Um, anyways, with that, another great show, gents. It's a pleasure as always. Great conversation. Had a blast with you boys. Thank you so much, everybody for listening. Um, Trying to get on a streak for you here. Uh, right now, it might. I'm kind of in the middle right now. It's bet with Tudor, fade Derek, and I'm just kind of floating around week to week. Um, so fade and bet accordingly. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Another brand new episode. Go Bills. Go Sabres. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Later.